Welcome to Rebranding Branding, Discover Your Brand Mojo, hosted by brand strategist and provocateur, Darren Taylor. In my nearly 20 years as a brand strategist, it's always surprised me how few business leaders really understand what brand is and how it can be used to drive great culture and performance. Sadly for many, brand is a massive missed opportunity. Carrying on the theme of an award-winning book of the same name written by myself and Mark Schreiber, Rebranding Branding is a provocative podcast inspiring you to take your brand from beige to bold. It redefines what brand is and the role it can play to take an organisation from good to great. It holds up a microscope to reveal what makes a powerful brand and shines a spotlight on how a brand can be deployed to supercharge an organisation. And on special occasions, a rocket launcher is used to inspire you to take action. Today, we have a fabulous guest, Ernest Stabek, who's the CEO of SIP Management Consultants. And we are going to talk to, to Ernest about the fascinating topic of the unique importance of brand to startups. But before we hear from Ernest, here's a little bit about him. He's a, he calls himself a trusted advisor, an executive reality coach, and a strategic soundboard to many. How intriguing. Ernest helps people translate and adapt business strategy into realistically achievable and positively driven action. Ernest is a true entrepreneur, and he cuts through the jargon and challenges the insanity of the norm. Ernest works with a lot of startups, founders, and boards, and is a trusted advisor and sounding board to them. Welcome, Ernest. Thanks, Darren. Great to be here. Fabulous to have you on Rebranding Branding. So we've got uh, the interesting topic of um, the unique importance of brand to startups. So firstly, could you tell me a little bit about what you do in the startup space and, and why you're so passionate about it? Well, I think what I do in the startup space is very simple. It's about bringing a measure of reality into people's thinking. So it's working not just with startups, but scale-ups as well, mm -hmm. and sometimes small businesses that are seeking to improve themselves. So what I do is inspire people to improve themselves and listen and learn. Mm, fantastic. Mm. So I'm intrigued as to why um, a reality coach is important in the, uh, in the realm of startups. Okay. Uh, well, well I, th I think we just have this huge proliferation of information out there and advisors out there and there needs to be this balance check to make sure that commercial reality is gained for these startups. And what I find out there talking to lots of different startups, everything from young to old, male to female... Um, is that they often uh, walk around somewhat confused, dazed or misdirected. So I, th I think the thing that is really valuable is to help them on the journey. Mm, okay. And, and you would say that's, that's a fair majority of those that you encounter who are... Yeah, well, I, th I think all of us need to continue learning. And uh, what I find is I'm just... I, I was... Uh, coaching a young lady this morning and I'm just fascinated by the level of naivety out there, commercial naivety out there at every age category. So it's actually a little bit frightening. So so they you know, the people that come to me are looking for someone that they can trust, someone that will compare and challenge 
their normal thinking mm, okay. as well. So it's not necessarily age specific. Definitely not. Yeah. So why are you so passionate about working yeah. with with startups? Um, well, it's as I said, it's not just startups; it's scale ups as well, okay. and small businesses, and sometimes large at times divisions of large businesses. It's more about I get a real buzz out of just helping people improve themselves. So mm. um, that may come from my early days in quality assurance or, or manufacturing in my early career, but fundamentally just getting people to see beyond their own vision. Mm. Okay. Mm. Because we're talking about brand, I think it's uh, instructive to, to, to get your definition of what brand is. Hmm. So tough, um, tough question. <laughs> it is a tough question for brand. Um, for me, brand uh, is often confused as being a, as simple as a logo or a piece of paper mm. that people put in front of you. Yeah. But the reality for me is it's a mechanism for which you can create value and differentiate yourself. So, mm. But it is, a, it is a difficult one to define and I think certainly most of the C-suite that I talk to uh, struggle to understand the value of it. Really? Mm. So... Um, we lack that sort of mature thinking around fundamentally what brand is. Correct, correct. And I think you and I have had a past where we've talked about branding is as important as accountants are and and uh, I don't think people realise the impact it can have on reputation and the flow-through effect on intellectual property as well, mm. uh, strategies. So I think it's a very important topic and uh, pleased to be invited to speak with you today. Mm, fantastic. Mm. So brand's critical to, to all businesses, clearly, but why does it have a unique importance to startups and, 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 and scale-ups? I think for startups and scale-ups, it's critical because it's, it's like one of the building blocks, many building blocks required to establish any real business. Mm-hmm. So startups often are formulated from a simple idea or a concept that the founder may have had or even from some form of technology that they might have tinkered with. Um, I find startup founders in particular are driven and motivated by two things. One is greed <laughs> or, or revenge. So they seem to be connected to the two. And, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean it in a, in a way that they identify a problem, a significant problem, mm. and they look to address that. And often that can be quite disruptive. So, so I think it's... For, for brand, it's critical that it's part of the building blocks, no different to setting up a bank account, um, establishing a corporate identity. It's one of those building blocks that is often forgotten. Mm. So I'm intrigued when you say revenge and greed, um, mm. they're motivated by that. Mm. Can you talk to, to that perhaps a little bit? Oh, yes. Well, well <laughs> by, by greed, I mean money. Obviously, the driving force is yeah. that uh, there's... Again, there's this proliferation of marketing out there that says we, any startup can become a unicorn, and I think it's very false to believe that, in my mind. Um, and so, mm. but most, but there are a large proportion of founders that are driven by the need to create money, mm. um, and the other half are really people that have got frustrated dealing with a problem, 
and that think that there must be a better way of addressing it. So, and that's the uh, revenge cycle. And what, uh, what a motivator that can mm, be. Yeah, yeah. A, a significant one. And I can use an example of an organisation whose name will remain anonymous in human capital management uh, <laughs> where, where, they, where the board sort of rejected a, a startup founder's or a creative technologist's ideas and, uh, and therefore... You know, when that person left that organisation, they decided to take it on. Right. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very personal thing, mm. I find. Um, and, you know, many are born over decades of activity where they see these frustrations or problems and they can see a better way forward. Do you think mm. the, uh, the greed or revenge or a combination of both may overshadow uh, the the motivation to put some of these building blocks like brand in place. I think it can be a distraction at times. There's mm. no doubt about that. I think that I think they're necessary evils to initiate these startups in many instances, because otherwise people wouldn't take the associated risks mm. in in establishing a startup and and then living their dream or driving and innovation or solving significant social issues or problems that are out there as well. Mm. So why do you think uh, brand has a unique importance to, to, to startups, just talking about startups for now? Yep. Yeah. I think the key one's around um, developing that unique differentiator. So for startups to survive, they need capital mm-hmm. funding and to attract the funding, they need to have something unique and they need to be able to protect it. So I think brand is a critical element in the protection of that, the, the initial concept or idea that they're creating. So when you say differentiation, do you mean in terms of building an investment case, um, firstly and most importantly, or yep. is it about having, you know, uh, developing something that is, is, is novel or unique? It can be a combination, I think. Yeah, yeah, so definitely the investment case. I think it's a critical element to lock down the intellectual property that you're creating and brand is an element of that. Yeah, right. Critical element of that. Mm. Um, Yeah, so both. Mm. So when you say brand, um, I presume you mean more more of a strategic uh, definition of brand? Definitely. Yeah. Or the, the, the name or attraction by which you differentiate yourself from what might be already available out in the marketplace. Mm. So just think of many of the disruptors out there now and we can, I won't mention the big names because they're overly promoted anyway, (laughs) Uh, but smaller ideas are born out of years and hours of labour, frustration, dealing with, you know, common things like Excel spreadsheets, Word documents, mm. and where people can see a breakthrough way of visualising these things. Um, so, yeah, there's many opportunities out there to improve what we have. It's interesting. I um, <clears throat> We've done a bit of work together, of course, um, where you've worked on the, the investment side or the or the or the, the business strategy side and I've worked on the brand. But it's 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 quite quite interesting with, with startups that uh, um, particularly technology startups uh, where the founders come from a um, they, you know they're native technologists and that's their sort of um, their passion. Um, and you ask them about how, how they're progressing with their brand and where that sort of fits in with their um, with their with their development plan and and um, 
sometimes I look at you blankly and say, well, we've 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 done our logo, we've called we've 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 named our our, our, our business, our brand, and we've got a logo. What do you mean? Um, do you do you uh, encounter that all that often um, with your work in startups? Definitely. Mm. I think I think the challenge is is that most startup founders have a a uh, great passion, particularly technologists, have a great mm. passion with what I would call the efficiency side of the equation. So they're really good at building something and creating something, but the value side of it gets lost. So do they understand who their customers are, their markets, the channels that they take these things to, and are they able to articulate in simple layman's English the value proposition that they might have? So, yeah, there's a, there's a, often a deficiency in that space unless there's multiple founders and you occasionally do get a good one that has brand and marketing associated with it. Um, but they're rare to find. Mm. Mm. I've always found um, differentiation, you know, exploring differentiation with startups quite quite interesting because um, there can be uh, in, in any given given area there can be you know any number of startups that are that are trying to crack the same thing, and you would never know because it's just not visible. Um, so, how important do you think is the differentiation piece so early on? Um, I, look, I think it's very important that they put a stake in the ground. Mm. They actually create a whether it's a you know people call them vision, mission statements, or whatever, but they actually create a purpose as to why they're driving whatever it is that they're creating. Mm. Creating, um, yeah. You know, the bigger the problem, the more interesting it becomes, and I think the branding gives them an opportunity to actually tag themselves or associate themselves with those that they might want to partner with in the future as well. Okay. Um, it helps them create a unique rep- reputation mm-hmm. for the business as well. Um, and then sometimes it's just purely for alignment to a potential exit that they're seeking for the business, which might be through trade acquisition or or um, ultimately IPO. So if we we think of some of the bigger brands out there, they're all very short-named brands. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. So the, the value of, of a strategic process to brand early on pays dividends not just in the brand and logo, but it's in, in the brand identity and logo, but, but uh, right throughout the um, beyond, uh, up into and beyond the, biz, the investment case. Yeah. yeah, and I think the biggest thing mm. there is that it actually provides clarity of thinking to the founders. Mm. So I okay. think that's the, the, the number one takeaway. Mm. So where does, um, you obviously advise clients on, um, on intellectual property not that you are a, um, an IP lawyer yourself, but that certainly uh, crosses your desk um, quite often. Where do you see brand and, and IP crossing over? And- oh, look, I, I'm the connector so for, for these organisations, so I'm the one that's going to put them in front of an IP attorney, a licensing uh, specialist if it's software-related, mm. um, or a any expert that they they lack in their mix of suite of skills. So it's a difficult one because it's unique to each organisation and mm. each and everyone needs a different level of support. Yeah. Some founders are well organised, well structured and have a, a huge list of advisors that they're already dealing with. Mm. Uh, what I tend to do is just challenge the insanity of that norm and see whether there's a better pathway. So you could call it disrupting the disruptors, if you like. 
love it. I love it. Yeah. So, um, how important is is considering brand IP uh, as part of the the startup journey? It's a critical building block. As I said earlier, it's an element in all mm. of things. So you can lock down your copyright. That's easy. People can do that pretty easy by putting a copyright sign on there. But when you start heading down, um, and I'm no expert in this field by, by any means, so, <laughs> so patents and trademarks, that's where brands kick in. So what, what do you have? What's your unique descriptive character? And how do we lock that down so that we don't have copycats coming along? Mm. And of course, you know the the structuring around all the companies and and which one um, uh, holds the IP and so on. All of those sorts yeah. of considerations. Yeah. Well, structural considerations are another building block. So there's a whole bunch of these building blocks that are designed to. It's almost a uh, like a QA checklist that you go through when you work with startups to ensure that they have the minimum available, particularly anyone seeking to attract funds. Mm. So if it's nice and clean, the story's articulated well in simple English um, and the complexities are visible, Mm -hmm. visible, uh, because fundamentally anyone handing over money wants to understand the level of risk they're taking. They know that risks are huge in startups and most investors are have open eyes when they go into these startups, but they like to see that there's been a level of what I would call professionalisation in the initial stages of forming the framework mm. for the startup business. So remembering it's seeking to be a real business, so it needs to have revenue, it needs to make profits, um, and all these things take time. I hope you are enjoying today's podcast. Do you know if your brand is aiding or abetting you? Why not take our free health check today? Go to rebrandingbranding.com.au forward slash health check. Simply fill in the form and we will send you your results. What startup founders have done it right in your view and have included brand as a key component in their strategic planning from day one? Ah, okay, well... Look, I've got an example that I'd like to use here, which is a small startup company called Fine Defender, which has been in the press in the last week. It rings a bell. Yeah, it <laughs> rings a bell. Um, look, it, it, uh, it's interesting. It invested heavily in establishment of its brand early, and I think that was a very clever move to do that. Uh, but again, it did some of the things that startups like to do out of sequence. Right. So Sequencing is so important, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It yeah. is. It yeah. is. So the minimum viable product wasn't there. It's there now. It's well established. It's now positioning itself out of startup land into scale-up land. So, so I think the investment's important to do and you can leverage that ongoing even after taking time out for a break to actually get your minimum viable product up. So it's, a, it's an interesting journey. Each one's unique. Each mm. startup journey is unique. Um, Apples is another one that I can think of that has recently heavily invested in brand and rebranded itself. Yeah. So gone through the rebranding branding process. <laughs> um, so that's been an interesting one, positioning itself for growth into the US, uh, which is due to commence, I think, May of this Great. year. Great. Very exciting. I'm, I'm familiar with Apples too. So to what extent uh, does brand need to be reviewed, recalibrated, recast at different points in the journey, like um, different uh, invest- investment stages, like you've just alluded, alluded to? Ah, okay. Well, to be honest, I haven't thought of this previously, but um, 
in that in that deep sense, but I think it would be it's like any other asset that you're building. So it's a building block again. So as you develop your brand, if you do it early, then it's something that you refine, refresh on a regular basis to ensure that it's in tune with the market. Right. So I think it's a critical step that people often they just go out there, grab a logo and think that that's enough. Mm. They don't do anything with it. They don't even understand its connection to the broader business plans. Yeah. And I think it's an essential element um, to be developed and nurtured throughout the journey. So mm. it it's almost no different to any other regular half-yearly, quarterly review type item. It should be on the agenda. Any strategic planning item, yeah. Mm. But that's interesting. So the devil's advocate could say then, is it really worth investing too much in brand um, too early on if, if things are going to change down, down, down the track? Yeah, well, I, I think my sense is the value's never lost. Right. So even if you do do it out of sequence, which is, you know, the Fine Defender example that I used, it's mm. reusable at a later stage in the evolution of the business. As long as it's done well, it's strategically aligned and it... Uh, it represents the the vision and the the focus of the organisation, and that's interesting. Um, um, while the the actual visual brand in, in that case may have had to be parked uh, for, for a number of years, in this case, um, the the thinking behind the brand, uh, the stra- the strategic thinking, actually uh, really guided those those intervening years, didn't it? Correct, yeah. and probably helped in the original conceptualisation and build of the technology as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fascinating because uh, what what I do find is that a lot of found startup founders uh, either invest too early, too much too early, or, or not enough. Um, so, what is enough? You know, it's it's an interesting. Yeah, it's a difficult question. Mm. It is a difficult. Question. It depends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does depend. I'm not I'm not sure what the answer to that one is. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are three key pieces of advice that you would give to startup founders about brand? Okay, I'd, I'd, the first one is educate yourself. So get some understanding and, uh, mm. and of what branding involves, the elements of branding, and the best way to do that is either to talk to a range of brand specialists like yourself, Darren, or do some reading in that space to get, get a sense of it. I think that's the number probably one item. The number two is to not forget it in the construct of the structural preparations for the business. So Mm. to remember it when you're setting up the organisational structures, to remember that brand strategy is equally important as the IP strategy being a subset of it and also the broader business strategy, so a very critical element. The third thing is I'd just encourage startups to engage with it. Mm. Engage with it early, learn on the journey. It's uh, if I... I use another example, and if I use um, SEO, for example, which often comes up in startups, sure. How do I optimize my website and everything? Mm-hmm. Um, dig deeply because there's, there's, you know, there's the reality is not always what you read. Yeah. So if you're relying on um, on salespeople telling you what you should, what you should and shouldn't do, you'd be, uh, yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Lots of lessons learned. Yeah, absolutely. So, how can startups or people contemplating established one get in touch with you, Ernest? The easiest way is jump on LinkedIn and hunt me down. There's not many Ernest Stabex out there. No, there's only one. So, so no challenge in creating a unique brand there. Hmm. So, just just before we we finish, Ernest, what's your superpower? 
when working with um, with startups. My superpower. Yeah. Mm. Well, Darren, you know that superpower. Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. do. I've got, you, I've got I think you phrased it for me one day. Yeah. Which was, uh, well, look, I've got two takeaways here for that superpower. The superpower is um, one is encouraging people to be themselves and challenge the insanity of the norm. Mm-hmm. And the other one really is make sure you have good people in your circle so that you have secret weapons when you need them to challenge the opportunities that are presented to you. So don't don't take things on first face value. So a good example is a very young entrepreneur that I dealt with recently whose name will remain anonymous, uh, flew up to Sydney, met someone, had a beer with them and thought, great, and thought, yep, that'd be ideal, another shareholder. The reality is, is everything looks rosy on the outside. What you need to do is dig under the fabric, compare, 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 do some options analysis on anything that you're entering into that's going to um, build, create those building blocks for the business. So, so, so don't outsource the knowledge. Just be cautious. That's what mm, I'm saying. So yeah. Cautiously creative. Yeah. Mm. Great. You're certainly an expert at instilling that in people. So, Ernest, thank you so much for your time. It's been a very interesting conversation with you about the, um, the, the unique importance of brand to, to startups and to a lesser extent uh, scale-ups. So if, if you have a burning question or comment, uh, feel free to, to contact Ernest Stabek on LinkedIn or ping me at talktome at rebrandingbranding.com.au. Thanks so much for, for your attention today and look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you. hope today's episode of rebranding branding the podcast blew your hair back remember to subscribe to the podcast through your preferred platform and if you haven't already don't forget to download your copy of rebranding branding the book at rebrandingbranding.com.au see you next time to discover your brand mojo